Gary Parish. It's Monday, March 15, 2021. Welcome back to the CBS Sports I Own College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss Camel Fighter, Dota Birch, and Leaky Black. Matt Norlander is here with me, and as promised, we are doing short episodes on each region in the 2021 NCAA tournament. The West region is done, East region done, South region done. Only thing left is the Midwest region, where Illinois is the number one seed. Houston is the two seed. West Virginia is the three seed. Oklahoma State, four seed, dead leg. What interests you most about the Midwest region? The fact that they gave Illinois quite a tough road here. You've got Loyola second round, potentially. Then you've got either uh, a Tennessee team that will have gotten its act together and is an elite defensive group, or Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham. <laughs> That's the four. I, I'm not going to totally you know, go back into this here. But Oklahoma State, I am going to go back into it. Oklahoma State has wins over all three, all four, three seeds. Arkansas, Kansas, Texas, West Virginia. OSU beat them all. It also beat Baylor on the one line. Has 13 wins against the field and it's on the four line. No sense whatsoever there. So that's, that's the top half. I actually think, weirdly enough, Illinois has got the worst top half draw of any of the ones and then the easiest bottom half draw of any of the ones. So I think that it's potential Elite Eight game, be it Houston, West Virginia, you know, should it be San Diego State, Clemson, whoever comes out of this. I think Illinois would have the easiest Elite Eight game if it were to get that far, but it's got to get that far. So that's my, that's kind of my overall take on, uh, you know, my 10,000-foot view on on an interesting region that I, I, I'm eager to see, uh, you know, Moorhead State, West Virginia, how it can do there. Rutgers in his first tournament in you know three decades here, and you know the face shield Josh Pastner uh, going up against Porter Moser, just a battle of highly earnest coaches there. So I, I like a lot that's going on here. I think this is my favorite region. I think if I had to in a, identify my favorite region, I would go Midwest here. You've got, and you're exactly right about Illinois. Assuming they get past the Drexel Dragons. Do you love the Drexel Dragons? Love the alliteration. Drexel Dragons got some great ma- got some great mascots and monikers in this tournament, as always. Drexel Dragons might be my favorite. Feel like they get past Drexel Dragons, but then you either got to play the ACC tournament champions with a coach in a face mask, or Loyola Chicago, which is ninth at Ken Palm and first in defensive efficiency. What are they doing? What are we doing? It truly I, I, is. It genuine, like, we can, you know, we're in a jovial mode here. It's objectively unfair to Illinois to put them against Loyola Chicago in the second round. It is not on the level of, like, Wichita State, Kentucky, but it's kind of close. Uh, that You're doing them little favors by by dropping the Ramblers in an 8-9 game second round matchup with the second best team heading into this tournament, in my opinion. I've been screaming about this for years. When you underseed a mid-major that has incredible computer numbers, like Loyola Chicago, ninth at Ken Palm, first in defensive efficiency, you're not just screwing the Ramblers. I know. I don't care if I screw the Ramblers. Well, you're not just screwing the Ramblers. You're also screwing the Illini. They're the one seed. They're 14-1 and one in their past 15 games, and they got a possible round of 32 game against a team ranked ninth at Ken Palm. That's, like, that's not right. Like, I'm kind of being goofy, but I'm like not like that's 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 a failure. You can't do that. You can't like you can't make Loyola Chicago a round of 32 opponent for a one seat. It's ridiculous. I don't know. Like and even Mitch Barnhart said on Sunday night mm-hmm. that we use predictive metrics to 
to help seed. Well, then you tell me, how is Loyola Chicago the eighth seed if you lose if you use predictive metrics to seed? Because they should be, based on Ken Palm, they should be a three seed. And I'm not saying they have to be a three seed. I'm just saying they can't be an eight. I hear you. I'm not surprised they put them on an eight. They split the difference, basically, between the predictives and the results, and they just kind of cut it down the middle. That doesn't surprise me. But, but what Barnhart said is... It's well, a nice what, step forward, but it was... What, 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 you walk me through it then, because how is that split in the middle? Because if you look at some of the other metrics, they would have actually been below an eight seed consider, you know, it, just purely where they landed in them. Not that, not that they didn't accomplish enough. Like they were 40th in strength of record. That's below an eight seed level. They yeah, were, but that ain't splitting the difference. If they're a three seed at Ken Palm and 40th at, uh, in strength of record... That gets you to like 13 seed land. Just if you were just uh, strictly seeding off a of strength of record and everything else, that's what I'm getting at here. They were 37th in Sagarin, so that's why I think they split it. Well, strength of record would be a four seed is, I mean, 40th in strength of record is a 10 seed. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is basic math, Deadleg. This is the fourth podcast. <laughs> this is basic math. So a 10 seed in one and a three seed, so a 10 seed strength of record. And a and a three seed, Ken Pop. They didn't split. Split, it. split. They didn't split the difference. Nope. I had definitely said in my head, twelve times four is thirty six. When twelve times three is thirty six, that's how I got myself into a bind. There, <laughs> they should be higher, and they're not. And I, uh, I, I actually had a thing on this last week in the court report about the teams that have been. The highest in Ken Palm going into the tournament with the greatest seed discrepancies versus like Ken Palm shouldn't dictate where you get seeded. It should be influenced. It should inform the process. Even Ken Palm himself says, don't seed the tournament based on my rankings alone. But in a case like Loyola Chicago, it's just it's a miss. I'm not saying Loyola should have been a three or four because I don't believe that. I said it should have been a six. I was hoping it would be a six. I predicted a seven, and here it is on on the eight line there. So it's going to play a Georgia Tech team that's looked good. I, that's a compelling matchup. I'm, I'm eager to see it. Uh, that's a great first-round matchup. Like, that's that's one of, if not my favorite, first-round game. Yeah, these I are, mean, it's two, yeah. Co- two conference tournament champions. Yes, and these are Friday matchups, remember. So, Illinois Drexel is going to be 115 TBS Farmers Coliseum. Loyola, Georgia Tech, they get Hinkle. So, I like the fact that we got uh, this game in Hinkle at TB, on TBS 4 o'clock on Friday. You want to keep on scooting down? Well, I, I want to uh, uh, expand on my idea. This is my favorite region. Okay, you've got Illinois as the one, and then you got Loyola, Chicago, and Georgia Tech as the eight nine two conference tournament champions. Right below them, and you're exactly right. This is tough for Illinois, or at least theoretically tough. You got the preseason SEC favorite Tennessee as the five seed with two five star freshmen, and then you got Kate Cunningham. The presumed number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft. Like, listen, if you're the one seed, you should get through all that. But that ain't the easiest possible path to getting through all that. That's uh, you got, you got, there is nothing Illinois could do within reason that is boring. Once you get to the round of 32, you're either playing Loyola Chicago or Georgia Tech. Either one is interesting. And then probably in the sweet 16, you're either playing, Oklahoma State or Tennessee. Both of those things are are really interesting. Yes. Now, for Tennessee, it has not won two in a row in more than a month, and it has not won two in a row, period, against two tournament-level teams the entire season. It's been up and, and John down. Fol- John Fulkerson's face is all oh messed up. 
gosh, that that is a what did they do to his face? That was that was that is that is a shiner and a half. By the way, yeah, not uh, not good. Um, Tennessee, I, I, I'm I, I didn't really I might come to regret this. I I didn't give much of a second thought here. Tennessee, Oregon State, five twelve. I've got Tennessee moving on. That's a four thirty TNT tip. They're going to be at Banker's Life there. No tinkle at Hinkle, unfortunately. Tinkle is going to be at Banker's Life, and uh, I got the Vols there. Oregon State, it's listen. He has done a great job this season. They were picked last in the league. Uh, you know, they get onto the twelve line. Congrats to the Beavers there. But uh, I, you know, I like Tennessee in that spot, and I like Oklahoma State over Liberty. That's a six twenty. They they put this one. This is a TBS game, so it's it's a solid channel, Farmers Coliseum. But it is the uh, it's the weird pre dinner after afternoon tip. It's six twenty five TBS on Friday in that four thirteen. I'm gonna take both higher seeds to win, but Liberty is very good and they've become, you know, kind of a mid-major power in recent seasons. So there's something, there's something to be said there. I think Oklahoma state's better than Tennessee, but I think it's got the tougher matchup and is more likely to lose its first round game than Tennessee. Liberty is not a mid-major power. What are you talking about? Okay. I mean, trivia time. Oh boy. Trivia time. Okay. What's four times six? 24. Okay. Okay. Love it. This is their that's, thir- a, that's a win for Deadleg. <laughs> there we go. Uh, um, this is Liberty's third straight season in which it won the A Sun, and they've averaged you know twenty nine seven, thirty and four, twenty three and five. So the, you're at. Uh, I'm doing the math in my head real quick. I think that's twenty six and a half wins over the past three seasons. Uh, trust it if you trust it. Trust it if you feel like it. That's 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 math in my head real quick. I'm gonna do it right. I'm gonna I'm gonna check the calculator right now. Twenty six point five was my guess, and the answer. Is it is twenty seven point three close enough? <laughs> close enough. Hey, if I tell you right now, twenty four plus fourteen plus thirty seven divided by three, what's the average? Yeah, you don't want any. No, of that. I, you don't want the, any of that. Here's the difference. I don't pretend to try to know. I, I was I was ballpark man. Whatever. So they are a mid major power, dude. Don't tell me they're not a mid major power. They're not a mid major power. Cite their accomplishments. They're an A Sun team that's finished in the top 100 at Ken they're Palm. An a, three, they're an A Sun power. And they, they're they're an Atlantic Sun power. Three not to be straight with a seasons, power. top 100, and on the 12 or 13 line, they are. Damn it, they're a mid major power. You're being disrespectful to actual mid major powers right now. Who's a who's who's a bigger mid-major power right now? Right now in this moment, Loyola yeah. Chicago. They went to a final they, four. They, in they, they weren't they weren't good last year. They weren't making the tournament last year, and they didn't make it the year before. They went to the they final had one four year. in 2018. This is we're in the we are experiencing the Cameron Cut era right now. It's about to become the first first team, second team, or third team All American at Loyola Chicago since 1985. This Midwest region is going to determine the question that everyone has been asking all season long. Who is the bigger mid-major power, Liberty or Loyola Chicago? I don't think there's any doubt, unless you want to toss Moorhead State in there and have a real conversation. <laughs> Haven't been to the tournament since Donnie Tyndall was there, by the way. So Love Donnie Tyndall. Not in the conversation. <laughs> he broke a lot of rules, but I love him. It's... It's unfortunate, but yes, that is... Uh, those, those rules are stupid. Uh, well, that's another tangent for another time. Bottom half, West Virginia, Moorhead State, 314. 950, you know what channel this is on. That's, a, that's got True TV written all <laughs> you over You absolutely it. know it. 
<laughs> West Virginia Moorhead State is built for True TV. There's never been a more True TV game than this that. This is this is a 9:50 True TV tip out of Lucas Oil on Friday night. I they put it at 9:50. 9:50 True TV. I can. Where can we put this? Where absolutely nobody sees the final score. I I may let's, flip. let's start it late on Friday night on True TV. I might flip my pick on this. I've got the, I've got the ears. I, I'm I'm I might have to go Morehead State. I'm I haven't decided. I'm gonna decide well after this podcast finishes by the end of Monday. But I'm I'm kind of getting there, man. Morehead State twenty three and seven out of the OVC. Belmont not in the tournament, not even in the NIT. What are we even doing here, committee? Two they teams. blew they blew out Belmont. Ran they them did. off the court. They did. They beat them, and they beat them twice. Um, but they've Morehead State's lost once since before Christmas. So they just been they've been rolling, and they've been playing very, very well. Johnny Broom, freshman, big. He's a load. I am. I say this seriously, and excitedly. Give me Johnny Broom versus Derek Culver all night long on True TV. This will be a battle. <laughs> Derek Culver doesn't know what's coming. He does not know. Does Derek Culver know that name? No shot. There's a zero percent. He's gonna look at. He's gonna watch some tape, and they're gonna be like, "All right, Derek, you got four. Because that's Broom's number, and he's just gonna be four. He's not. He's not gonna learn this guy's name. He's gonna. He's gonna disrespect him, and it might come back to bite West Virginia, who has been, you know, vulnerable in some early rounds in some recent tournaments there. So I just like, I like that game to be close. I haven't decided whether or not I'm gonna pick the upset. You got Rutgers winning an NCAA tournament game for the first time in my lifetime. I don't think that's true, actually. It might be true. Uh, well, first of all, we completely bypassed San Diego State Syracuse, so I'll I'll mention that. <laughs> that is CBS nine forty in Hinkle. I got San Diego State moving on. Obviously, you do as well because they are your Aztecs, right? They're they are my Aztecs, but I got Syracuse. I got yeah. Jim Beheim. I got Jim Beheim beating the Aztecs, oh boy. and then just being grumpy about it. Just being agitated by it. Or just talking about, hey, listen, it's a guarantee if they win that game. He's getting on that post-game Zoom and and throwing shade at everyone who didn't think his team deserved to be in the tournament and didn't get a first round or first four appearance and all that stuff. We know that's happening. And also Jalen Johnson. What if he just randomly says, <laughs> I feel like, and, and just, Coach Beheim, um, opening thoughts, please. It's like, well, it was a nice win. You know, we shot the ball well against San Diego State. That's a great program. You know, Brian Dutch is doing a great job. Anytime you can get a win over GP's Aztecs, that's uh that's an accomplishment <laughs> that we do not take for granted. And I guess I would just add to that that if Duke would have lost Jalen Johnson earlier, they'd be right here in this thing with us. That's what I want Jim Beheim to say. Syracuse in its vaunted 2-3 zone rank 89th in defensive efficiency this season. I do not like Syracuse in this game at all. San Diego State is very good, and I like them to advance there. As for your Rutgers-Clemson question, I got to take Clemson. Uh, this is 9:20 Friday night, TBS, Bankers Life Fieldhouse. I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with— How Cle- did Rutgers-Clemson avoid true TV? That's a great question. I, I don't have the answer for you. I, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Clemson 16 and 7. They got Amir Sims 40% from three, 58% from two, 83% from the line, 6'8 senior, great defender. He's the best player on the floor. All respect to Ron Harper Jr. and Geo Baker. Clemson's going to have the best dude out there. Clemson has won six of its past eight with losses at Syracuse, and then it lost terribly 
to Miami in the first round of the ACC tournament, but it still ranks top 20 in defensive efficiency. And as a reminder, Clemson has knocked off Purdue, Maryland, Alabama, Florida State, North Carolina, and Georgia Tech. It has a litany of quality wins over good NCAA tournament teams. So I will lean there. Wonderful story for Rutgers. If they win a game, I mean, hell yeah. They're a top 20 defense as well. Um, but I'm going to lean Clemson in what I think is the toughest 7-10 to pick. Rutgers last won an NCAA tournament game in what year? This is a trivia time. Give me 76. Talk to me. 19. It's not. That's incorrect. That would have. That that's incorrect. That's a. That's that's not. That's not factually correct. Uh, they won one in 1976, sure, and also in 1979, but then in also 1983. Shake down 1979. The world is a vampire. Did you throw me an 83 in there, by the way? Yeah, 1983. Okay. There you go. Is there a song connected to 1983? There's a quality song named 83 by John Mayer. That's a good one. So I got, I got, I got references. Why is John Mayer writing about 1983? Because was it he, was, it was when he was like six, seven years old and times were innocent and all that kind of stuff. It's on his 2001 album, Room for Squares. Dude, times for, times were not innocent in 1983. We had a massive drug problem back then. <laughs> I know. Okay. I mean, not, not me personally, but like America in general. I, it's never been a perfect world. I'm just giving you the context for the song here. Okay, we're going back to back. 79 Smashing Pumpkins, 83 John Mayer. How about John? I thought John Mayer was younger than I am, and he is, but only by a few months. There you go. From Connecticut. Did yeah. you know that? I'm I'm all too aware of it. Yes, I went to college with someone who went to high school with John Mayer, and one time was playing uh, guitar outside of his high school. John Mayer took the guitar, you know, in a courteous way, but then he looked over 25 minutes later, and Mayer was playing with like you know. 15 girls around him, and he was like, I hated him ever since. True story, by the way. It sounds like a real story. Amazing story. John, um, Mayer, get, John Mayer gets it done. He got it. Got it done. Fairfield he, Ward he, High School, I believe, uh, John Mayer is an alumnus he, of. Where are we going? Done. Where are we going with this podcast? I love it. I love these episodes. Rutgers, Clemson. I'm taking Clemson. You're going to take Peichel's crew, aren't you? Yes, I love Steve Peichel. I mean, I love Brad Burnell, too, but I love Steve Peichel. Just the nicest man. He is, he is uh, yeah. of of power conference coaches. If is there anybody more, if you met them, and somebody said, "Start guessing what this person does for a living," you the last thing you would get to is Big Ten basketball coach, Lon Kruger, because he's not a Big Ten basketball <laughs> Lon, coach. Lon Kruger would, yeah, because even if you got the Big Ten basketball coach, you'd be wrong. So that's true. Yeah, um, but I, there's a, there's a, like. You know what I mean. I know like what Steve, you mean. Steve Pico is just like the nicest man. He, he, I, I hear you. I'm thrilled for this program. This is a wonderful story. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Last game, 7-15, Houston versus Cleveland State, Assembly Hall. First of all, you know what channel this is on. That's true TV written all over. They have put Kelvin Sampson's return to Assembly Hall. That's ridiculous. First time since he was at Indiana. Indiana's not even in the field. And they're going to put this man on True TV? That's a CBS game, my friends. Kelvin should walk in there and hang an AAC banner. <laughs> he should, he should <laughs> hang an, a, an American Athletic Conference banner. He should take Wichita State's banner that he did not deserve. <laughs> he should take Wichita State's banner and hang it in Assembly Hall. And then he should cut down the net before the game even starts. That's an homage that, to Tom that, Green. That, that's, the, that's the way that has to end. Is Kelvin San, he's, he's righting all of his wrongs in, in one swoop. You walk into a you steal Wichita State's fraudulent banner, 
and you hang it in assembly hall and you make you make Indiana fans look at your American Athletic Conference banner just I mean, while they're while they're wondering if they have enough money to buy out their coach. This is absurd, and I love it. Like this is the the, the situations that we just swerve into on here. The the idea that, that Kelvin Simpson would steal Wichita State's banner would and hang it in assembly hall. That's what should happen. <laughs> just ridiculous. Put that, dude, and then we'll put that on CBS. Oh, America's it's most watched amazing. Network. We obviously both have, we're, and I don't mean the game. <laughs> we're not putting the game on CBS. Nobody cares about the game. We're uh, we're just merely putting Kelvin hanging at Wichita State's AAC banner in Assembly Hall. Listen before 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 we wrap with our thoughts as he, as he gets seventeen offensive rebounds in his round one game. I want Kelvin Sampson to walk out and send a text message right before the tip off. That's what I want him to do. What if Kelvin just sat in assembly hall and during the game just text messages the entire time? That's technically not allowed, but I know that's why I want I want him to shoot one text on camera, hand the phone to Adobo, bring it back in the locker room, send a message because that's why he got run out of Indiana for rules that don't even exist anymore. Okay, before we do our overall region uh, overlook, why don't you tell these folks about the uh, uh, bracket games here. We got a podcast group for bracket games at CBS. We want you guys to join GP. What do they need to know? It's called a bracket challenge game. We're going to be in there. I'm going to have a bracket in there. Dead leg will have his bracket in there. And you can enter as well at cbsports.com slash I on brackets. That's E-Y-E on brackets. E-Y-E on brackets. You can go register there. And if you win, you get a prize. I don't know what the prize is. Dead leg, do you know? I have no idea, although what I'm What if the prize is Wichita State's banner? Then <laughs> that would be nice. I would we like it. Listen, you you can be responsible for trying to organize that. I am gonna give some shouts to like say the top five finishers. So you get in there, you're gonna get some end of episode shouts, end of season shouts. In addition to other prizes, I have no idea what they are. But get in there, get involved. I'm I'm actually looking forward to this. We frankly, we probably should have started doing this like three, four years ago, but we just don't think about these things. So they came to us and like, oh, by the way, we set this up. Please promote it. Of course, listeners, get in there. By the CBS Sports Bracket app, this is not company man speak. It's not even close. From a mobile perspective, it is the best one that you can use. It's the best one. We have the industry leading bracket app interface, the whole deal. Get involved. So go to cbssports.com slash I on brackets. You can enter there. And then while you're, you know, just playing around, hey, if you got a few minutes, you can create your own group. You can compete against your friends. You can compete against your enemies. Invite your enemies in a, to be in a bracket challenge game with you. And then you got a chance to win a Nissan Rogue and a trip to the 2022 Final Four. And maybe if I can pull it off, Wichita State's AAC banner. So go get registered. CBS Sports app. You can play there or at cbsports.com slash I on brackets, E-Y-E on brackets. All right, dead leg, where are we at with this? Just overall final thoughts. This is our last region preview. I've got Illinois into the Sweet 16. I've got Oklahoma State. That would be fabulous game. That would be the number one Sweet 16 of all the combinations. There is no bigger headline game for a Sweet 16 than Illinois-Oklahoma uh, State, not just because... Illinois' number one team, and Kate Cunningham is the number one player. Oklahoma State's, again, underseeded, has beaten quad one teams, and Brad Underwood going against his protege. Mike Boynton was on Underwood's staff at Stephen F. Austin, went with him to Oklahoma State. Brad Underwood was at Oklahoma State for one year, takes the Illinois job, storylines galore. Love that and that one. On the bottom half, I've got Houston to the Sweet 16, and I've got San Diego State, those Aztecs, moving on. It's my Aztecs. Houston, by the way, I saw this in an email this morning. 
Um, Sportsline has Houston winning the NCAA tournament 11.3% of the time. Does that surprise you? A little bit, yeah. I think the runners-up to Wichita State winning the national championship 11.3% of the time. That's 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 higher than I would have expected, yeah. This is how ridiculous the AAC is, by the way. They don't prioritize their bubble teams because they want schedule balance within the conference, and they still get Wichita State as the conference champion, so they don't even accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. And then you got Baylor, I mean, you got Memphis and SMU sitting on the outside end. Why? Because they didn't have enough opportunities. Bracket, messed up. Bracket's done, man. We got to move on. They messed up. They messed up. We got the same team going to the Final Four. I got Illinois, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Houston. I've got Illinois, Houston in the Elite Eight, and then I've got Illinois, not only in the Final Four, but I got Illinois in the, in the national championship game. And I've got Illinois winning it all. I will not be changing that. So, well, you should. <laughs> I'm sticking. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. Uh, I gotta. I gotta. I gotta vary it up here. So, no. I, by the way, tons of orange. Tons of orange in this region. Illinois, Tennessee, Oregon State, Oklahoma State, Syracuse. Clemson, a lot of orange here. Moorhead State? No, blue and yellow. I know, but they should get orange for okay. just to fit in. You ever, you know, like, you ever bought anything just so you could wear it and fit in a little bit? Uh, I got to be honest, no. I don't I don't own Yeezys, so. Nerd. Not my deal. Nerd. Let's get out of here. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry MF and Teagle. Legend. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys for listening once again in the middle of the... Man, boy, oh boy. This thing... All right. <laughs> this thing is something else. This thing is something... It's been a year, Deadleg. It's been a year. I have to get tested every other day. I'm fully vaccinated man. Still getting tested every other day just so I can go to work. It's been a year. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. We'd appreciate it. Go do that, and then we'll talk to you again real soon.